The Dude Fox Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Dude Fox Podcast. I'm Ronnie, he's Paul. I've been socially distancing at a 40th birthday this weekend and he's been to the mecca that is Hobbycraft. Despite last weekend's result, we really do miss watching our team. Join the conversation on our socials. We are at Dude Fox Podcast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Coming up on this week's episode, a bounce game. Big Pav, The Rumour Mill, The Rangers Preview, Who Am I, Podcast Shop, On This Day with the Arab Archive, Plenty of Ipsodixitisms, and our old Dutch porn star lookalike goalkeeper, Sieb Dijkstra, is our special guest. It's all coming up on episode 63 of the Dode Fox Podcast. I'm Andy McLaren, welcome to the Dode Fox Podcast. So welcome back to the Dode Fox Podcast. We are at a social distance Back at our original HQ, it's been a while. How are you? I'm very well. This hazmat suit that you've put me in to record this is now the most comfortable, but I'm, I'm glad to be at the same table as you again, Ron. Yeah, it was that or nothing. So we had to go with the suit. We had to go with the suit. Um, so, big news this weekend. Hobby craft for you. How was it? Uh, you are throwing me under the bus here, sir. Uh, I was nowhere near hobby craft. I was in the range this Which is, is good, it's good as it's a far better shop. <laughs> you get sweets and stuff in there. Uh, I, I just took the wee man there. It was uh, it's, it's not what I want to be doing on a Saturday afternoon, but you know needs must. Yeah, uh, we are recording this uh, today, Sunday, sixth of September, uh, the anniversary of the death of the magician that was Ralph Milne. Yeah, a, a sad day, a sad day. I can remember I was at his. Uh, I stood outside Tanadice on the day of his funeral when the, the cortege went past. And uh, ah, it was quite a sombre moment. There was a lot of people there. It was very, very quiet as soon as the, the car started driving up past Tanadice. Uh, lump in my throat, a tear in the eye when it went past. Uh, and obviously, Ralph will never be forgotten by any Arabs. Mm. A player I never seen. And, mm. I, you know, looking, I mean, I never saw, obviously. But, but you know who he is. Yeah, I never saw, know. you know, luggy of that play. But any time I saw Ralph Milne, there was just something so special. Especially that goal. I mean, Paul Sturrock told us about it, the solo goal against Kelly. He just—he looked so effortless at times. Yeah, yeah, he was class. Like, and, and I—I can remember him. I saw him a few times, uh, but like, I—I I didn't see him nearly as as often as I would have liked to. You read his book? Yes. That's yeah. good, isn't it? Brilliant book, yeah. The one that what's it all about, Ralphie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm good good buddies with Gary Robertson, so yeah, I'm pretty sure I've got a signed copy somewhere, <laughs> somewhere <laughs> in a box. Someplace heading away, mm. uh, a bit like the potential big path, but we'll get to him. Uh, apparently, uh, we won one nil in a bounce game on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, trialist Floron Hotty, probably know how you pronounce it, but that's what I'm going for, right? Uh, he scored the goal of that with what no other information, nothing was it against St. Johnston? Apparently, so, right? Okay. And where are you getting your information regarding Florin Hotte scoring it? Uh, social media, message boards, and I wanted to say his name. Why not? Why not? It's a good name. It's a good Brilliant name. name. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we don't know much about it. I, th- I mean, from what we understand, the players have been off all week anyway, the first team. So I'm not expecting many even first team players probably played. Yeah, who knows? You know? Who knows? Uh, but that, that that's it. Let's get to the big news of the week. Mm. Is he, will he, should he come back? The man that is Pavel Shafranko, who I believe on the podcast I said a wee while ago, I'm not so sure. Do Is it something we need? And watching us, yes it is. 
yes, let's not get... I know I saw a lot of this during the week about world beater. We're not getting a world beater. People think, right, I get that, right? And yes, he is unproven at the Premiership level. But I think, like a lot of players have done uh, in a long season, he maybe just ran out of gas a little bit in that season. Because, and playing left wing didn't help, let's, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. But again, you look back, it's one of them, you've kind of tip your hat to uh, old Shabba Laszlo for bringing him in because his hit record wasn't a bad shot. He made some dreadful ones, but some gold in there as well. Haven't been one of them. Um, we've probably discussed it, but it's fresh in the memory. Your thoughts? I would have him back. I would definitely take him back. Uh, if you follow him on social media, I think he wants to come back. Oh, I think he's he's, he's, he's tugging at his... Yeah. <laughs> playing at us. He's playing with us. Yeah, it's Sheldon. He's, uh, yeah, he's dropping hints left, right and centre. Uh, in respect of he's no a world beater clearly he's no but like he's, we're not going to sign a world beater that, that's just the way that these things are I'm available yeah, well you're not even a world beating Tannoy announcer never mind striker okay <laughs> you, you didn't fit the melon mould uh, it's it would be great I think the, the way Mickey Mellon sets the team up to play everybody knocking their pan in I, I seem to say that every week I mean, who, who was better at that that season that we had Sofranco? Nobody was better at that. And he, he was able to put himself about as well. Uh, defenders knew they were in a battle in a game. And although when, when we signed Shankland, I think me and you both said, look, it's an upgrade. And it was an upgrade because... Pure goal scorer. Of course, of course. And there's no many like Shankland, even in the country. Uh, but Sofranco's different, you know. He will, he will run his socks off. I think he would he would compliment Shankland. Uh, I just hope he's not coming in because somebody's going out. Which the thing with the thing with Shevchenko as well though, his goal record is one in three. It's, well, it's not bad. Not, no, it's not bad. I think we were we were kind of spoiled a little last year by having a striker that was so proficient in front of goal. Uh, but I, I would love to see the big the big man back definitely. Uh, um, did he know win all the Player of the Year awards when he was so, here yeah. as well? Yeah, I mean, okay, we were, we weren't great that year, but he was—I thought he was great. Like I really did. You've got to think we were we were a ball here for going up. We were like well, well six penalties, couldn't save <laughs> yeah, going uh, up, but <laughs> yeah, like, that, similar to a ball here, really, is it? No, we, we were, we were, we were, we were close, but uh, like you kind of mentioned it and 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 jest that saying well. He, he was played out left midfield a few times. He was, he was on the bench a couple of times mm. as well. And uh, madness, you know, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have dropped him from my team. But uh, if you were to ask me, would I like him back 100%? I would love him to come back. The thing is as well, especially in the battles against the, the bottom six teams, arguably we could be up against, you know, mm-hmm. your, your, your Killies, your St. Johnston's, your Hamilton's, St. Mern's, you know, they're the kind of battles you really need to be winning. You need somebody up front that... Yep can put themselves about a wee bit and will battle and will chase down and it has to be a compliment for what we've got. It's got to be. It's got to be because there's nobody like him. Like Nicky Clark is a different sort of player. Shankland is a is a different sort of player. He's a pure goal scorer. Louis Apere, we're still not sure what his best position is, but there's nobody that is very, very similar to Sofranco. And I think that uh, he's just perfect. He's tailor-made for the Scottish game. Mm. He just puts himself about. He works and works and works. He was a fan's favourite because you could see how much it meant to him, whether it be 
closing a defender down or scoring a goal, he he gave his everything. He gave his all all the time, and it's a massive yes for me if he comes back. Obviously, some of the figures getting thrown about are a wee bit. You know, apparently it's a you know six hundred and fifty grand release clause in his contract. They're looking for maybe six figures of a loan fee, and I think some people maybe got a bit mixed up and when his contract ended I'm led to believe his contract is 2022 it's no next year so mm-hmm. people going oh just just pay the 100 grand I'm throwing out there loan fee and then we'll sign him for nothing next year there's no danger they would do that if it's it no I'm if we get him on loan and there's a view to a permanent it might be similar to what Aberdeen have done with McCrory. the boy McCrory yeah. they've, they've, they've not got the money to pay whatever the fee is just now so they've loaned him for a year and the guarantee is they'll pay it next year Yeah, fair enough um, where are we paying 600 grand from? No, I don't ever see that happening. No. If you're the Ogrens that mm-hmm. are with the money and uh, his club tell you, right, you know what? You can buy him now. It's a quarter of a million. Are you part with a quarter of a million? By the way, Scott and Mark, don't I take that? I'm just throwing that figure out there. <laughs> All right, I've just made that up. Uh, I mean, it's a lot of money for, for, for United I'm not sure I could put myself in that position because I'm a I'm a supporter through and through. You're not the businessman, so we're no we're no, I'm I'm not saying we're not interested in what's going on just now. But if that's the price, are you paying it? Well, if you're asking me if I think he's worth that, I would say yes. I do think he's worth that. So yes, but then I then I know if it's advisable for United to I don't know where I don't know the finances at all. But uh, like we're not bringing any money in just now. Uh, no, you've been in the club shop like. a couple of times uh, but I'm still waiting on the bloody taps coming in so I'll spend more soon enough uh, yeah I think he's probably worth uh, in fact I'm, I'm no doubt he's worth a quarter of a million but I think his club are wanting uh, allegedly a lot more than that but whether or not we could afford to be spending that I don't know you, I mean that's if the most we're going to get him was the season you'd take him I think so yeah I think so as well you got to lose exactly only gaining uh, I would think um, depending obviously what the, the fee is for even mm. the season you know if they can do something with that then uh, good on him obviously pros for it as well the season's no long finished he's now I think it'll be a four week break he's now had mm-hmm. he's in Slovakia so this he can travel doesn't mm-hmm. have to quarantine I believe I don't think we're in it until we Nick might change that when this goes out <laughs> and as what happens with, with us a lot but we things like that you would be able to go. Do I expect to see him play against Rangers on Saturday? Probably not. Would I then expect to see him against St Mern? More, I'd be more likely we'd see him because mm, if you've not so. done that for four weeks, you're not playing on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. But it'd be a big boost. It would be a massive boost. Uh, I mean, there's there's not been anybody dead against it that I've saw on social media and on fans forums but th- there's been a few people that are like mm, I don't know I can because it never usually works uh, players coming back to the club but you know just because it's no worked in the past doesn't mean to say it can never work plus he's the sort of guy he's at an age he's been here he knows he knows half the players I would, I would say yeah he knows the majority I'm trying to work the suit. I reckon it's Shanklin and Smith he's played against Smith up against them more than likely yep. Shanklin Dylan Powers and yeah. maybe a couple of the young boys. Yeah. Just well, he were... was he's, he was in the team with Butch, with Harks, Connolly, Reynolds, Seagrest, uh, Nicky Clark, Jamie Robson, Pollitt, Second Pollitt. half of the season. He knows he knows plenty of people. Eh? So the bedding in period, uh, when he comes back to settle in, um, he'll pretty much settle in. I think I think his best mates when he was here the first time were Freddie Franz and uh, beautiful Rashid, but. 
you know, he he'll, he'll be fine if he if or when he comes back, he'll be fine. He'll he'll hit the ground running, I'm sure. Yeah. So that does get the uh, Dord Fox podcast seal of approval. So mm. donate. Let's get it done. Let's make it happen, please. <laughs> right. Saturday, we've mentioned that we are off to face the Rangers at Castle Grayskull. Yeah. What are you expecting? Well, like just a wee bit of nitpicking here. Have you ever watched He-Man? Yes. Castle Grayskulls where He-Man comes from. I know. It's Snake Mountains where the arseholes live. Man, I can't Skeletor's my favourite. That's because you're an arsehole. <laughs> okay. Honestly, you need to follow the account on Twitter, the Skeletor <laughs> one, it's brilliant. Because <laughs> there's better. He-Man Beanie's arsehole itself. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah, I don't know why it's called that. It just uh, is. Yeah. It's a shy hole anyway. That Move is, on. Well, yeah. Uh, what am I thinking for it? I'm thinking it's going to be very difficult. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. They, they, they're obviously undefeated. Uh, have they even conceded a goal? Uh, only this coming Saturday Right, okay So they've conceded a double to Pavel Sofranco. Uh Nah, I think it's going to be tough If we can get a point out of that Fantastic It's certainly not a game that I'm writing off Not by any means uh, But hopefully we can Hopefully we've got that horrendous performance last week Out of the system And then we can get back to doing what we were doing previous to that And make a go of it yeah, and after that we said, you know, you get the the Rangers out of the way. You know, it's St Mirren, uh, Hamilton and Livingston, the three games after that, including Livingston Friday night. Friday night game, that, 2nd of October at mm. Tannadice. TV game? Must be. It's on the telly box. You know, you had Livingston on the telly? It must be. It's 7.45 on the 2nd. Even I'm turning my nose up like that. <laughs> <laughs> what was showing that game for? <laughs> Who knows? But yeah, that's... Uh, that must be that. Yeah, will be a TV game. Yeah, that's fair, dude. Well, yeah, we'll we'll watch them all. But Saturday's going to be tough. Uh, there's no doubt about it. it. It might work in our favour that there's there's no crowd, but that's not really hindered them so far uh, this season. So, for those sort of four games, then uh, we've had the first part. This is usually where we review the. You know, we've had the international break, so I was the first part of the season went. But we've discussed it every week. We're we're we, we feel we're doing we're doing all right, given the points total and, and whatever else. We know we could be better. We know we need a couple of points to improve it. Taking a look at the next three uh, four games before we get into the uh, group stage of the Betfred, Rangers, St Mirren, Hamilton, Livingston, like I've mentioned, like I asked at the start of the season for the first few games, for those four, points-wise, what would you like, what would you expect, and probably what's minimum expectation mm-hmm. out of 12 I th- I think that we'll if we get seven, that would be two wins and a draw. I think that's that's no too bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would be very very United like to get three on Saturday, <laughs> and then 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 <laughs> nine, and then then. So yeah, I think seven. I think we've got to look to whatever we can get on Saturday, take it. Uh, but then the next three games, that's teams that we're probably going to be fighting against more so than the Rangers. Uh, and if we can get through that undefeated and picking up a couple of wins uh, then that to me at least would be acceptable yeah and then after that we go into three games in the uh, Betfred Cup uh, group stage which is a tournament we should be going all out yeah, to do our best I think, I think we'll win that this year yeah okay just the group or the, the whole thing the, the whole thing yeah the whole thing fair enough uh, so I'll not pin you for a prediction for next week but let's just get what we can hmm. out the game uh, rumour mill this week 
Uh, one, you, you'll notice Big Pav's known the rumour mill because, <laughs> hey, it's a bit further rumour mill than we, we're led to, we, we believe. Uh, Ewan Henderson from Celtic, mm-hmm. linked. He's not a player I know a great deal about. No, me uh, neither. But he did go to uh, Ross County on loan uh, last season. Uh, didn't do loads when he was there and he is the brother of Liam Henderson who is the ex-Celtic player who plays Serie A and yeah, yeah in Italy yeah. which is one of these moves that Scottish players don't do often enough and, no. and good on them but yeah so the youngin uh, of Ewan is he's 20 years old he's a midfielder uh, he played nine times on loan at Ross County before coronavirus uh, put, paid to that but again, played nine times in the Premiership. You know, uh, I don't know. Again, we don't know much about him. Because Not he, a thing. He never played much for Celtic in a, a few years. But uh, it might be a, a player worth a look at. He did get a man of the match on his debut mm-hmm. uh, against uh, against Motherwell on a 4-1 win for Celtic, which isn't bad. Uh, but we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, the other uh, bit of... It's not really a rumour, but a lot of people picked this up uh, over... Uh, well, this morning I saw it and yesterday as well. A fan site uh, says that Liverpool should sign Chris Mockery. Yeah, that's high praise indeed, isn't it? Very, 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 very high, high praise. praise. Uh, he's a player that both myself and you uh, like Ron. You know, we would like to see him get a chance. I know he's young, but uh, he plays in a in the position in a t- in the team that you know we, we're all kind of in agreement that we 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 need something there. We need something different. We're kind of crying out for that. We spark. Uh, and if it was up to me, you know, regardless of his age, I, I would give him a game just to see if he's if he's up to it. Uh, I'm sure many many people would disagree with that. Uh, none more so than Mickey Mellon because he's he's no put him in the team yet. But that, that's not to say that he's uh, he's not got high hopes for him. You know, he's maybe just he's maybe just progressing at a different rate for like uh, Lewis Nielsen, for example. Like he's. He's put. He's, he was on the Louis Atbury diet over the summer. Obviously, he's he's built like the Incredible Hulk. You know, maybe Mochrin just needs to bulk up a wee bit. Maybe it's the physicality that that he's he's lacking at the moment. I don't know. But uh, when you see him playing football, he he cans what he's doing with your body. He's feeling like yeah, he's a really good player. He is. Uh, we we'll keep an eye on that one. Obviously, there's loads of rumours that go about about players like that. I think he's the kind of young talent that we you have to look after a little bit because he is very young mm-hmm. and there's no much of him, but. He's so he always wants the ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, even I remember his uh, one of his first games. He gave the ball away, but didn't go hiding. Mm-hmm. You know, made a wrong pass, but was quick to chase the ball down and you know chase a guy down, ask for the ball again, look to knock the ball off, and and wants to play, which will be really good to look at. And obviously, he has only has to look at his mate Lewis Nielsen for exactly. getting in. Yeah, and it's it's all the same. You know, it's it, it is different for different types of players. And like you look at United's midfield. It's very settled at the minute. Yeah. You know, Callum Butcher, Ian Harks, Peter Pollock. But someone's going to step in there. Peter Pollock took off at half time last week, mm-hmm. right? Ian Harks stayed in for the 90 minutes, didn't ask for the ball once. Mm-hmm. For a midfielder, right? He's running about, he's putting effort in, but he's not asking for the ball. And it, it's wee things like that that that's when someone gets on the park, can can take Stop their chance. Authority, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and that's it. And still, obviously, I think Dylan Powers will have. A part to play but he has to get in the team but he's so assured on the ball you know and he, maybe it's a case of the Betfred games you might see 
a Dylan Powers in mm. with a Mockray, a Glass, a Cammy Smith or whatever and see, see what's what, you know, because the likelihood is we're not going to see the hedge ourselves this time. No. Uh, we'll be on the uh, on the TV or DUTV, but if we're able to see bits of that and use it, but I think we should make an effort to push ourselves in the bet, Fred, but there's chances to play make changes to freshen up the team and get players that are chomping at the bit to play, especially yeah. with this nine subby use five rule. <laughs> uh, it's it's a bit crazy. I don't know. Like I I also like Dylan Powers. Uh, he he's not the answer to the the problem that we've got just now. Though he's not the creative spark that we are missing. Uh, that's not his role in the team. Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see. It was. Uh, Hopefully Mochery read the the wee article that the guy wrote himself, uh, gave him a wee boost, a wee bit of confidence if he's needing it. Mm. Uh, but yeah, hopefully hopefully we'll get to see him in the, in the starting 11 at some point, or even making a, an appearance off the bench, just to see what he's got yeah. at this level. Definitely. Right, we'll move on to our uh, new play-along game that uh, we debuted last week. Uh How's it been since the game was played and the, the episode was out? I've, I've struggled for sleep. Uh, I've I've been shouted at in the street. You're an idiot. How have you got a podcast? I cannot be United. And uh, I kind of disagree with any of that. <laughs> I, I really embarrassed myself last week. So if, if anyone didn't catch that bit of last week's episode, <laughs> uh, who am I? You'll get, you get five clues. You can play along, but it's, it's directed at Paul. He was meant to do the clues this week, but he forgot. Uh, and after about clue two or three, I think most people had clicked last week and were screaming at their, their the phones, devices, yes, yep. cars, uh, meetings, walking down the street. It's called fucking Samuel. <laughs> uh, and uh, you didn't get there uh, at all. Oh, you could have still been asking me. You could have said he, he was born to miss Samuel. <laughs> And Trinidad and Tobago, I still would never go. I had a shocker. Right. So are you, are you ready for this week? I, I can't have done that. I'm feeling a lot of pressure. <laughs> really am. So obviously the, the first clue is quite a you know, throw out. And if you get it on the first clue, you've done really well. But this player was signed on June the 21st, 2010. Okay. We don't expect first, yeah. you know, but it's five June points off a grabs here. 2010. Right. John Rankin? No. Move on. Oh. Born September the 4th, 1989. So just missed out on being on on this day. Hmm. It's tricky. I'm not going to lie. Like these are, if people are getting it after two, three clues, they've done really well. So we had just won the cup. What did we sign? So we're going to put the countdown clock in. Hmm. I said clock. Yes. Because the other person's... Polo's coming answer. to get you in the background. That's fine. That's fine. Crimes against quizzing. Uh, right, I don't can. Okay. I don't can after that. All right, so signed on June 21st, 2010. Born September the 4th, 1989. He made 76 appearances, scoring four goals. Okay, so I'm going to say he's a defender. Ronnie's getting nothing away with his poker fist, but it is hard to see through this hazmat suit that's steaming up now because I'm under pressure. Uh, what did we sign? I'm in a shocker. Yeah, <laughs> move, on. move on. You're bound, you're bound to get it now. Right, no pressure, yeah, no but pressure. you're bound to get it now. <laughs> 
although brought to United as one for the future, he was used off and on in Peter Houston's first team during his first two seasons before establishing himself as a first choice a season later when someone in his position left. <laughs> oh, you're a prick. Uh, he was brought to United as one for the future. Peter yeah. Houston signed him. Stuart Armstrong. No. Oh, oh, we'll go to the final one. You need this for a point. Dead easy now. <laughs> oh, did I say that? <laughs> People are already got it. Oh, no doubt. He agreed a pre-contract with Polish side Lech Poznan in 2013. Barry Douglas. Barry Douglas. Barry Douglas. I was going to put a bonus clue saying he was part of uh, Johnny Russell's group. Yes. He, <laughs> Throwing darts at each he, other. He was in a bin that was shitting. Yes. <laughs> and uh, his Douglas. protein powder was... Uh, shitting. Shitting uh, for Robbie Nielsen. He's, he's been unfortunate actually, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, he's, he's had to deal with a lot of shit. He's playing the Premiership right now. <laughs> Premier League with Leeds. But, uh, but he reeks of shit. So, so uh, why is your winner here? One point. One point out of achieve. One point out of two weeks. Yeah, that is a loutman. And I will just, for the record again, it is your turn right. next week. Okay, right. I will, I'll try and remember. So the... Uh, on the fourth clue there, I had to kind of change it a little bit because it was it was getting too obvious, and I didn't know if it was too harsh. The actual first clue should have this fourth clue should have been brought in one for the future on and off up and down the left side of Peter Houston's team, yeah. and then he would have been the club's first choice left back after Paul Dixon. Left. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely would have got that. Yeah, but yeah, right, one point that is utter mince. <laughs> So uh, let us know what you get if you uh, got it before then. It's five points to the first one, four, three. And then, well, you can't get any worse than the one, uh, given he's given you the answer. <laughs> right. Um, podcast shop update for you. Uh, the next date for pre-orders of T-shirts and hoodies is the 21st of September. So that is, as you listen to this, it's two weeks uh, today. Uh, just basically because we're going to work on that rolling thing of uh, how to do the clothing orders. But at the moment, there are still some mugs in stock, but I'll be brutally honest, there's no much. Uh, but thank you very much to everyone who has ordered. But 21st of uh, September, the dates are on the website, doadfoxpodcast.com, uh, and we would expect uh, deliveries from the latest batch that we've just done to be either later this week or early next week, and we'll get them out to you. And again, thank you very much for your support. We will have news next week of uh, ahead of the pre-orders of three new products. Mm, nice one. Anything cool? Very cool indeed. Okay. Nice one. Very cool. I look forward to it. Well, the, I've had some messages. There was uh, Dave Hales, our old buddy from Blair Gowrie, who now resides in Canada. He got his two podcast mugs. Uh, and That's good by, going. By the looks of the picture, they're in one piece. Good. So that is a bonus. So thank you very much for that, Dave. We also had a picture from uh, Victor and Louise Valkoff over in Toronto. And there was a hoodie and a mug, which was once again in one piece. What's the rest of the order? Well, that's that's the thing. I was just going to get to that. So they ordered that much that we had to send it in two packages, and they've only received one package. Who, who's posted it? It's uh, we posted it. Um, uh, who posted it? <laughs> yeah, I, I may have posted <laughs> it, but uh, I posted them both at the same time. But for whatever reason, uh, 
Canadian Royal Mail has let up de doon. And uh, the last picture that we got was from Gary Collins, Arab Gary, on Twitter. And he's up at John O'Groats wearing a You're Talking Shite t-shirt. And I think if I zoom in, he might even hear Snood on. I think he's got the Snood on as well. So thank you very much to everybody again. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's helping us pay the bills, I suppose, if you will, just to, to do what we do on a weekly basis, which some of you might think is utter nonsense most of the time, especially this who am I pish that we are trying to pad out time with. Uh, but it, it's very much appreciated. So uh, thank you from both of us. Yeah, and in stock, by the way, at the minute is uh, button badges, face mask, logo mug, podcast pint mug, and a po- pa- podcast pint glass. There we go. Uh, the rest of it looks like it will be the 21st of September, but thank you very much. Uh, still to come, uh, we have got On This Day, in association with the Arab Archive. But before all that, uh, last week, uh, we got to chat to our guest this week, ladies and gentlemen, Bring on the porn star. So our guest this week on the podcast is the goalkeeping cult hero himself, Seb Dykstra. How are you, sir? Good evening. Yes, I'm fine. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be on the podcast. Listen, Seb. Thank you very much. It's uh, great to did, talk did, to you. Did Ron get your name right there? Did you Did you get the name right? Is it no? Sibrandus, Johannes, Andreas Dykstra. <laughs> Yes, that, that, that's written in my passport. That's right. right. Well, that's your correct name then. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I knew you were going to pull me up for that. Uh, anyway, <laughs> see, listen, thanks very much for getting up some time to uh, to talk to us, of course, at United for two and a half years. Before we get to that, can you take us back and how you got your, your start in football over in Holland? Well, I started uh, my uh, youth uh, in uh, Roda, GC Kankade. <clears throat> and I played there in goals from my eight until my 15th, I think it was. And then there was a bit of a, a discussion uh, whether I was going to be uh, the first team goalkeeper uh, at the under-19s. Um, it was promised to me that time at Roda. So um, and I thought uh, it, was, it, wasn't really, it wasn't really promised uh, by... Uh, by the coach at that time, but I felt I was the better goalkeeper uh, from the two, and I wasn't getting a game, so I decided to to left to leave Roda to go to the amateurs, and I played five years in the amateurs, and then I went uh, ironically back to Roda again to sign a contract for three years. And uh, did who did you always want to be a goalkeeper? Um. Well, I started uh, I started as an outfield player, but um, because I had to run too much, I decided to go <laughs> in goals. <laughs> and uh, running, running is running is not my strongest point. That's why <laughs> I'm with you on that. I'm with you. Um, and me and Paul have just discussed this before you came on, uh, but we want you want you tell me first, then we'll tell you who he thought. Who were your heroes growing up? Uh, my heroes uh, at the time uh, were uh, Jan Youngblood. Uh, um, I was actually, ironically, I was the ball boy at Roda GC Karakada. And in fact, Roda GC signed Jan Youngblood in, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it was in 76. I was 10 years at the time. And he was the Dutch national goalkeeper of Holland. And he played also uh, in the 74 uh, World Cup final and in the 78 World Cup final for Holland. Ah, okay. I well, thought we, it had been we, Johan Cruyff. We were totally wrong. Yeah. 
Yeah, who did who did you thought uh, think that you uh, played in the goals for Holland? I I thought it was going to be Hans van Brooklyn. No, Hans, Hans van Brooklyn played in the '88 uh, European yes. Championship. Yes. Yeah. When they won, I didn't. The I didn't. I didn't realize you were you were so old, Seep. That's what it was. I was being very <laughs> generous to your generation. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's a long time ago. Seventy four, seventy eight, and. Unlucky, we lost both finals. Yeah, yeah. I thought I mean Johan Cruyff because mate, he's a legend, isn't he? So, uh, so anyway, you get you get started out in Holland. How does the move come about for you to move to Motherwell? Well, well, it was actually funny. Um, uh, in season eighty nine, ninety, I was uh, loaned out to a club called AZ Alkmaar which is a top team in Holland right now. Um, and I was there for one season and uh, actually um, an agent saw me playing at AZ and he had good contacts uh, in Scotland, uh, notably uh, with uh, Aberdeen, Hart and Motherwell. And uh, when uh, Motherwell was looking for a, for a goalkeeper, he called me and he asked me whether I was interested to come over for a trial. And so, so were the court. And so you went there, and t- Tommy McLean was was the manager. What were your uh, what were your impressions of him? First off, Tommy, uh, unbelievable. <laughs> I came there the first week, and um, in, the, in in the first week of the training sessions, he was getting man absolutely mantle to to players. <laughs> and I thought, what the heck, you know, <laughs> it was not. I thought, you know, it's, it's a different culture, you know. I thought. I thought every manager in Scotland was like that, but <laughs> afterwards I found out it was not the case. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, was it an easy decision for you after the trial to, to sign and, and come to Scotland? No, not really, because uh, the first week when I came there, um, <clears throat> the likes of uh, Luke Nyald were there, and um, uh, Robert Maska and Bart Verhulde. So there was three Dutch players who was already at the club. Um, so they, they 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 looked well after me, and uh, obviously I, I I got really friendly with David Cooper, who uh, you know who, who, who looked really after me as well. So uh, after all, it was not a bad not 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 a not a difficult decision to uh, to, to to choose for Motherwell. Mm. And you you came in as a number two behind Billy Thompson, who we obviously know very exactly. well at, at United. How did your chance to be the number one come about? What well, was that? Uh, when I came, obviously I knew that Billy uh, signed um, uh, as number one for uh, Motherwell. Uh, you know, he was he was an established goalkeeper in uh, Scotland. Um, so the first season, I, I I was actually playing in the reserves at Motherwell. Uh, it was actually the second season uh, in the beginning of the second season uh, that Billy Thompson got injured. He uh, he bruised his ribs and uh, he was out for I believe it was six weeks and. Yeah, I came in and uh, I did well. And obviously I took my chance. uh, And I think it was a very courageous decision by Tommy McLean to to keep me in, the team. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you were obviously you were there for a for a few years at Motherwell. We obviously saw you when you were playing at Tandice and stuff. One thing I have to mention, you were on the wrong end of one of my favourite United goals, which was Brewster and the Scottish Cup. At Tanadice oh, yeah. in 1994. <laughs> yeah. Now we've had him on, and he says that's in his top 
few for for his goals. Um, and we rem- I mean, I remember watching it because the stands and everything were still getting built, which was crazy. But there were two exactly. two great goals. But also, Brian Welsh told us they absolutely meant the goal in the replay on his weak foot. Oh yeah! <laughs> don't don't remind me of that. <laughs> I was I was sick. I was sick at that night. <laughs> I was singing that night, really, and and my my Dutch uh, my Dutch fellow uh, colleague Guido van der Kamp had a blinder that game. Mm. Yes, yeah, he was. Yeah. A, he was I, I think he had a. Uh, if I remember well, he had a dislocated finger. Hmm. No, he got a he, he got a dislocated finger in uh, in in that game, and he he played on for the reminder of the game. Oh, you are cut from a different cloth over there. That's must be what it is. But listen, <laughs> you're at Motherwell for a few years, and then uh, before we get to United, you obviously headed down south, Queens Park Rangers. A big move for you at the time because it was the first season of the English Premier League, wasn't it? Exactly. Well, there was there was also uh, apart from Rangers, there was also interest from a few other uh, clubs in England, and obviously Celtic was 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 uh, uh, yeah, it was a club who was was interested to to take me on board as well, but um, I I I deliberately chose for uh, QPR at the time because I had a really good uh, chat with Jerry Francis and I had the feeling that uh, Jerry Francis really wanted to take me to QPR, and that's why I decided that time to to sign for QPR. Mm-hmm. And you started out as first choice, but he then left, didn't? Yeah, but. The the the, uh, the unlucky thing for me was that Jerry Francis uh, left QPR to go to Tottenham Hotspur after a couple of months, and then Ray Wilkins came in, and I didn't know Ray Wilkins at all. Uh, Ray Wilkins knew Tony Roberts, our second goalkeeper. Uh, he played with Tony Roberts uh, for for a couple of years, and yeah, I'm not saying that uh, he was uh, looking, you know, to 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 get t- Tony Roberts in the team. Uh, but he got a, he got a good excuse when I got injured, and he had to play Tony Roberts. So he played, he kept Tony Roberts in the team, and mm-hmm. I have to say, you know, he did well. Um, but I didn't get a, I didn't give it, uh, I didn't get a sniff again at the first team. How how frustrating is it to go from playing every week like at Motherwell, a big move like that, and then you are because you end up out on loan and stuff, didn't you, over a couple of seasons? Yeah, I went to Bristol City alone for a couple of months and to Wickham Wanderers. Uh, it was actually very frustrated for me, frustrating for me because um, if I was playing well uh, and I was dropped, you know, then I would have peace with it. Uh, but the thing was, I was I, I was injured. I, I went injured on uh, I went off uh, limping, injured on training before the Arsenal game. And uh, I was actually uh, quite fit to play the game against Arsenal. And then uh, Ray Wilkins told me uh, that I wasn't, I wasn't going to play. He wouldn't take the risk. So I had to go on the bench. Mm. And then Tony Roberts had a blinder. And, uh, well, he was... Uh, that's always history. That, that, yeah, that, that, that's always what's going to happen. You know, if, he, if something happens and the, the other player comes in or other goalkeeper comes in, always has a blinder yeah and that was the case with Tony Roberts that uh, that game and they beat Arsenal 1-3 mm. I think but, it was an, on, New, on New Year's Day I had the fa- whole family over was, was that a good experience down south or was it what, and frustrating at the same time well it was a good experience for sure because I played against the likes of uh, uh, Manchester United Liverpool etc you know so from that uh, point of view it was a really good experience but um, it was a bit of 
black spot on my career because uh, it didn't work out uh, as I expected, mm. to be honest. Mm. Yeah. And then the, the call came from Tommy McLean. He'd, uh, he hadn't long been in the job. Was that an easy decision for you to, to head back to Scotland? Well, it was it was actually, uh, I, I had to choose between Motherwell and Dundee United because uh, Alex McLeish called me also. Uh, and he wanted to take me back to Motherwell. <clears throat> but then Tommy McLean, at the other hand, called me also. And um, because I had such a good spell under Tommy McLean, uh, I opted to go to Dundee United, uh, even though uh, they were second bottom, I think, at the time. So they were mm-hmm. fighting for relegation. Uh, but I knew uh, what kind of manager Tommy McLean was. I knew his qualities. So it was not uh, an, a, a big decision, you know, to to, to choose for uh, to choose for Dundee United. Mm. And obviously, you come in and three days later, make your debut against Kilmarnock, two 0 win, and a shutout. It's not a bad start. No, exactly. And I think my first home game against Rangers, I had a shutout as well. We won that game. It was a midweek game, I think, on Wednesday. And we beat Rangers at Tannadice 1-0. And uh, would Tommy McLean had to sell the club to you or anything? Or were you just, you were needing a move at the time? Or was he, it was just an easy, like, for to come to United over Motherwell, just Tommy McLean and just the fact you could go back to playing again? Uh, well, a bit of both. Um, obviously, I wanted to get pl- back playing again. And the fact that Tommy McLean uh, was the manager uh, helped, of, of course, a lot uh, with my decision to choose for Dundee United. Yeah. And on and, and, and the other hand, at the other hand Dundee United, uh, you know, it's, it's quite, a, quite a big club. Uh, they played a couple of times in the, in the European Cup final. So from that point of view, uh, I was uh, I was flattered uh, by the interest of uh, of Dundee United at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was T- Tommy McLean like on the on the uh, training field or whatever? What was he like in training as a man? We haven't had as many people on the show that have uh, that have trained under him when he was in charge. Was he, uh, or did you know how different he was to his brother? And I, 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 they told me his brother was 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 even crazier, I, but I cannot imagine <laughs> it. I really cannot imagine it. But it is the truth. You can you you can tell me. I mean, we've heard the stories. We've heard. We've the heard the stories. Andy yeah. McLaren has been on with us, so we've exactly, uh, we, exactly. we've heard. But I, heard I have to. I have to say, Tommy, Tommy McLean was was very hard. He could be really ruthless at times, uh, but but. In my eyes, he was a fair manager. You know, he just—he he was just so professional, and he was such a perfectionist. Uh, he wanted to do everything right, and 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 that—that's why he was so hard on 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 the players. Yeah, mm-hmm. which 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 can be a good thing, but for some players, it cannot be a good thing. So it, it depends which players you have in front of you. And yeah. like you say, when you come in, we're kind of rooted near the bottom of the the league. I mean, Tommy came in as mm. well, and he, he really started to change the way United were playing and everything, and three players come in that have are always synonymous with that era. It's Zetterland, Olofsson and Pedersen. How good were they? 
Yeah, they were good. They were, uh, besides, uh, they were really good guys. They were also very good players, you know. I think, the like, of course, Shell Olofsson scored many goals for us. Uh, everybody saw, you know, he was a good striker. He was a prolific striker. Uh, for, a big mar- for a big man, he was also really fast. Um, Eric Patterson, he was, he was like a lion, you know. He... He would he would go after every ball and uh, you know he was he was a great defender as well. But I think Lars Sutherland was was a bit of underrated player. He was he was a player who who, who also helped uh, Don United a lot, but mm-hmm. was not getting the attention as what I was getting and what uh, Shell was getting and Eric was getting. Yeah, just went under the radar. Probably the best way for it as well. Uh, yeah, but like yeah. you say, we come in, we're second bottom, we're not playing well. But uh, we go on a 13-match undefeated streak, eight straight wins, and we end the season finishing third and claiming a European spot, which, given when you joined to there, it was it was a great second half of the season. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely fantastic. Uh, I think we went on to a 19-game unbeaten run, mm-hmm. and we had, I think, in 22 games, 14 clean sheets, which, which was absolutely amazing, you know, uh, what we did as team. Yeah, and it was all uh, down to you, though, Steve. It's all down to you. No, 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 no. The team, the team, the team made me good. Yeah. The team made me look good. That, um, that, that season, ninety six, ninety seven, when you came in, you were only on the losing side five times in twenty eight games. Yeah, which 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 isn't bad. It's, it's not bad, it's at, bad all. at all. Um, one one point that did happen that season. How frustrating was the semi final replay defeat to Kilmarnock? Oh, that that was that was one of the lowlights of my career as well. I have to say, because I really had I really had uh, you know the, the 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 confidence and the feeling. Everybody in the team had the confidence that we were gonna uh, win this this game and uh, go to the final. So it was such a disappointment uh, when we when we lost against Kilmarnock. Yeah, yeah, it was it was not great. I remember the games not being great games, but just oh, the, four the minutes was rubbish. Yeah, the pitch, the pitch was, was rubbish. The pitch yeah. was terrible. Yeah, we, we're yeah. we're good well, at using. Uh, it was not an excuse for uh, for a defeat. No, no, but that's what we use. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we've done it, we've done it since eighty seven. Don't worry. Um, a few things, a few things I need to throw out because I'm not sure when these happen in your career. Tell us about the boxing match with Andy McLaren on the bus. Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that was an away game to Hibernian. Uh, we played Hibernian Hibs away and uh, after the game I was really in a deep sleep believe me and if <laughs> if anyone if anyone wakes me up I'm getting so mad you know and <laughs> unfortunately for Andy McLaren it was his it was him uh, so, so what he did he poured water on my uh, on my head and uh, I woke up and uh, I took Andy McLaren by the throat <laughs> <laughs> and I walked through the bus with him and somebody gave me a full bottle of water and I poured F- the whole bottle over Andy McLaren. I, I think he was a bit uh, shell-shocked. Yeah. To say that. <laughs> oh, listen, I mean, that, that, I mean, some of the stories he told us when he was all last year was phenomenal. But he was a great yeah. character, wasn't he? I'm assuming him and Dave Bowman were the, the jokers in the dressing room at the time. Yeah. Yeah, they were all they, they were always playing tricks on anyone, Dave Bowman and 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 Andy McLaren, you know. <laughs> but that was that was good for the atmosphere, you know. They were great guys to have around you uh, uh, around the dressing room. Mm. 
you know, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've some of them have been have been great. I, I, I'm led to believe were you the peacekeeper in between Eric Pedersen and Stephen Presley fighting as well? I was a pe- I was a peacekeeper. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> I don't know. They, they, they had a they had an argument, and uh, all of a sudden. Uh, 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 Stephen uh, grabbed uh, Eric and he was punching Eric and I had to step in and uh, if I wouldn't have stepped in you know would have would have uh, gone out bad but uh, fortunately uh, fortunately they had a lot of respect for me so uh, you know, <laughs> the, you're the a giant was, <laughs> yes the fight was quickly over yeah. I used to like you touching on uh, Eric Pedersen as well just the his love and his enthusiasm as well, you know, when he played up to the fans and you could just tell how much it meant to him. You know, he was so fired up for games. It must have been great to play with someone like that. Nah, but he was he, he was a true professional, you know. He he hated absolutely losing. And, um, you know, to get such a backup from the fans, in this case, the Dun United fans who, who cheered us up every game and also cheered up Eric, you know, every tackle he won. And, you know, that you you, you saw Eric uh, just shining all through the games. You know, it was for, 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 for him, it meant, it meant the world to him. Mm-hmm. He was brilliant. Has, he, t- he put on uh, some of the best man-marking performances that I've ever seen up against like a Brian Laudrop, uh, Paolo De Canio. He yeah, just marked exactly. these guys out of the game and these guys were really good. They I know they, they, were, they, they were one of the best uh, players I've seen uh, technically, mm-hmm. uh, Brian Laudrup and, uh, and, and Paulo Di Canio. But mm-hmm. Eric could, could, could uh, uh, psych him up so good and so professional before the game. And, uh, you know, he was saying to himself, uh, you know, this day, these guys are not going past me. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they you know, he's one of the one of the guys, you know, I have a lot of respect for for Eric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, now in, uh, see guys like Eric Pedersen and Dave Bowman, did they train the same way they played? Yes, because uh, they were the type of guys, uh, they, they, they hated even uh, to lose small-sided games yeah. in training. All kind of competition they did in training, you know, they hated losing. Yeah, Dave Bowman hates losing a charity matches, so... <laughs> yes, also, also. <laughs> uh, right, we'll move on to uh, the next season, season 97-98. Of course, getting the qualification for Europe meant our first competitive game that season was a 17-0 aggregate win against the Andorran side CE Principat. Oh, was that a boring couple of games for you as a goalkeeper? It was but a boring it was a boring game away, but I bought a lot of duty-free stuff, so that made up for it. What was it like going to Andorra? It was a duty-free country, so I had two two bags full of duty-free clothes and perfume. So so that made up for it. What was what was it like going to Andorra? What was it like for an experience for the team? It was a small a small. A small country, um, but it was it was not far from Barcelona, if I remember well. Um, yeah. You know, it was just right into the mountains, and uh, it was a nice wee trip. But uh, yeah, you know, to to win uh, with with ten nil, you know, it has nothing to do with European football, to be honest. Can you remember who the referee was in the the, the away? Yeah, that, that, that was Colina. That was Pierluigi Colina. That's correct. 
Polina, good yeah. memory, sir. Because good I, spoke, memory. I, spoke, I spoke to him. I because I said to him, you, I have to send my regards uh, from Ruth Gullet to you. Oh, good at my friend. He said. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, so obviously, we went th- we went through from there. You know, just a seventeen 0 aggregate win. Uh, the next round took us to Turkey. Was that an interesting place to go for an away experience? Well, it it it, it was a it was a very very hectic uh, away trip uh, because the first night when we arrived there in the hotel, you know, we couldn't sleep. Uh, there was about two hundred fans. Uh, surrounding the the hotel, and they were playing the drums, playing off fireworks, and then we mo- the next uh, day we moved uh, one hour away from that hotel to another place because it was absolutely we, we, we didn't sleep. Nobody slept the first mm-hmm. night. Yeah, and we we, we lost L- one. Luckily, nil. luckily, we, luckily we stayed two nights. Yeah, we lost one nil to a, to a penalty. We actually didn't do too bad out there, from what I remember reading about it, but. We get back to Tanadice more than matched them. Andy McLaren got the goal, but that dreaded away goal nine minutes from time. It was a sickener, yes. wasn't it? Oh, that was a real sickener. Because I thought we were playing really well. And then all of a sudden, you know, that guy Ami, you know, who was obviously one of the one of the better players uh, also for the national team of Turkey he was playing for. Uh, he was a great player. And uh, that goal against me got him the move to Schalke 04 in Germany. <laughs> <laughs> so he's due you money exactly <laughs> never spoke to him yeah after um, one player that played against us in that tie turned up and signed for us in the January it was Jean-Jacques yes, Missy, Missy, Missy Missy he played yeah. six times for us and you don't have to say anything see but I thought he was hopeless um, yeah. but let's let's put it that let's put it that way. He didn't have his best period of us. No, no, certainly <laughs> no. not. But I love great name, great name. Uh, also, yeah, that season, October '97, your daughter was born, and we beat Aberdeen exactly. to reach the Coca-Cola Cup final. That must have been some week. Exactly, exactly. That was actually in, in, in one week. Uh, my my daughter got bo- got born, and uh, we uh, we went on to the to the final. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, tremendous for for, for yeah, that week that was, for you. That was one of the best weeks in my life. But before we Obviously. get to the final, we beat Aberdeen 5-0 at Tanadice. We're amazing that day. But one thing I have to yeah. mention is Dean Windass getting sent off about three times in that game, which was just... Never seen scenes like it. <laughs> no, I don't know what, what what was happening. I don't know what the, what the referee was thinking. But... Uh, yeah, it happens. Yeah. I think it, it goes into the history books, doesn't it? It has to. Yeah, he just lost the plot. He lost the plot. Did he not pick up the corner flag and, and kick out the ground or something as well yeah. just as he was making his way off the pitch? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I certainly Mad think he, um, as a performance that day, it was one of the best of the season. I thought we were excellent. You know, to be Aberdeen, who are a, it's best a, a big club now, but then it was kind of a rival, but to win 5-0 at home was tremendous. Just great performance. Yeah, that was a great game. That was a great game. Everything went well for us that game. I think. I think we play, I thought we played tremendous. Uh, uh, and, and Aberdeen. Well, they 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 they, they didn't get a sniff. We 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 didn't we didn't give them a sniff. To yeah. be honest. Yeah, and uh, was that kind of just the whole thing from the season before the way Tommy McLean wanted us to play? I mean, you're looking at the the lineup for that game. You know, yourself, Morris Malpass, Pedersen, Presley, Magnus Schoolmark had joined. Mark Perry, Craig Easton, Zetterland, McLaren, and then up front you had Robbie Winters and Shell Olufsen. Oh, yeah, some team, man. Eh? Yeah. 
it's uh, brilliant, you know, to go and win that. And then, uh, because we were really in the Scandinavian market at the time, you know, Scoldmark mm. and I think Mika Anderson had, had come in as well. But were they all, all good professionals? Yeah, they were all good professionals. Uh, they, 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 they are born and raised with that uh, uh, mentality. You know, uh, they look after themselves. They look after their uh, uh, food. They look after their body. Um, so, uh, from that point of view, you know, they uh, they are really great professionals. Mm. And obviously, we I can remember. I can remember on a, at least two occasions, uh, poor old Magnus Skoldmark, when uh, yourself, Sieb, you were coming out shouting "keeper's ball" or "Sieb's ball." <laughs> Or go out the way, Magnus, and he just didn't go out the way, and you absolutely you caught everything. You caught him, you caught the ball. He was bandaged up around his head. Did, did you just <laughs> no go on with Magnus Goldmark? What, what was the problem? With? Exactly, exactly. But I'm yeah. injuring him. Well, they they should know. You know, if 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 I'm coming, they should go <laughs> get out, out of the way. way. <laughs> but 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 so, sometimes it can, you, you can't. <laughs> so I take you, I take you with me. <laughs> That's that's my that was my part of goalkeeping, you yeah, know. Yeah. Quite <laughs> right. effective. You've got to protect yourself. Um, I mentioned exactly. we, we got into the League Cup final. Our preparation wasn't great. We got beat from Celtic four 0 the week before it. Then we faced them in the final. We got beat three 0 It's pretty miserable day, wasn't it? it? Wasn't great all round. Yeah, it was. I I expected much more from, especially uh, because we got beat uh, the the previous week four 0 and uh, we were really fired up for it. Um, you know, obviously, 20,000 fans of United went uh, to Ibrooks as well. And, uh, you know, to lose 3-0, that was a really bitter pill to swallow, to be honest. And the- but at the, end, at the end of the day, we, we, we weren't good enough. We weren't good enough at the day. Mm. Yeah, it was, a, it was a frustrating one. And we ended up in a relegation battle as well. You know, we didn't yeah, exactly. turn up after that. And I think it was th- exactly. three wins in 22 games by April. Uh, but Shell Olsen got a double towards the end. Uh, and one thing from that season, you played every single minute of the 49 matches that season. I played all the games, eh? yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't miss, yeah. Didn't miss a game, which is, uh, you know, for a record, like, but it shows, you know, as a goalie, you had your injury problem, a slight injury problem at QPR, but you really never injured for, for, for a goalkeeper. I looked after myself. Yeah, well, you were too busy taking names when you were taking crosses. That's what it was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's uh, into season 1989. Um, the manager signs Alan Combe to come in as goalkeeper. How did it make you feel when a manager would bring in another goalkeeper for competition? Does it make you no, up your game good. or? No, not really, because, you know, obviously uh, I had two good seasons, two previous good seasons at at, Don United and uh, uh, because Ali Maxwell was going, uh, we needed to bring in uh, another goalkeeper. And uh, at the time it was Alan Coombe, you know, who was a good goalkeeper as well and played St. Merrin, he did well at St. Merrin. So, you know, it was good uh, to have him uh, him at uh, Don United as, uh, you know, as a a, uh, competitor uh, for me. Mm. And how did it make you feel when Tommy left in uh, the September? Yeah, I was I was a bit sad because obviously, you know that I worked with uh, Tommy for uh, for five seasons, and uh, it's always uh, sad, you know, a sad moment. Uh, a manager you've worked really well with, you know, who's leaving the club. Mm. Yeah, and I didn't know I didn't know Paul Storig at the time, and you, you know, he was a club legend. 
uh, but I didn't know him as a manager. So you know, everything was quite new for me, obviously, uh, you know, to get him as manager as well. Paul, do you remember that when Tom McLean was, was leaving? Do you remember when it happened? I can re- not so much when that happened, but I can remember Sturrock coming in. Uh, and it's like Sturrock, big hero of mine, big hero of a lot of United fans. So we were mm-hmm. we were quite happy with that. Uh, but that was, again, in the fullness of time, that never really worked out very well for us at all. But I can't, I can't remember Luggy coming in, yes. Mm-hmm. What was he like to work under, Steve? Um he some, sometimes he would lose the plot uh, because he was also a, a, a type of manager, you know, who, who who didn't stand losing, who couldn't stand losing. He almost mm. wanted to win, um, but we just had a bad 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 run, and uh, you know, confidence uh, in the team wasn't wasn't high enough uh, at the time, and you know, it was it was a difficult time to be honest. Mm. Yeah, and that was the yeah. that was the same season that Aberdeen gave us a lot of money and Billy Dodds for Robbie Winters. Exactly, <laughs> Robbie Winters went to uh, yes, yeah, and, to, and uh, for a man who had plied his trade up the road at Dens, I think a lot of United fans were on the sh- on the fence when he came in. But he gets a hat trick on his debut, and he turned out no mm. bad and helped us stay up. No, no, season. no, he, he scored he, he scored some goals for United mm. there. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I think he, I think he did well. I think he did well for United, to be honest, when yeah. he came. Yeah, and obviously you had uh, there was a man who's a bit of a cult hero as well. With fans came in, Jason DeVos came in. Yes, at the Jason DeVos. <laughs> yeah, he was he was some guy. Uh, he was Canadian, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he was he, he was some character, and uh, you know he he was also a player who uh, who immediately uh, got a good bond with uh, with the fans and. Uh, he was also a guy who, who always went uh, up front in the in the fight, you know. Mm. And he, he never he never he was also a type of guy who never gave up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why that's why he was also so popular with the fans. Yeah, we had another another cult hero joined Roger Bowley. <laughs> oh, Roger Bowley! Yeah. He was unlucky. Guy, he he oh. was unlucky that game against Kilmarnock, first game of the season. Yeah, Two goals yeah. chopped off for offside that were never <laughs> exactly. offside. Exactly. Paul has defended that <sighs> for about a year now, Seb. So, um, disgrace. And, <laughs> uh, why do you think it wasn't it wasn't going right, Seb, over that season and even the relegation battle this season before? Because on on paper, we certainly seem to have the personnel. Yes, we had. On paper, we had a good team, uh, but you know, in 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 in, re- in reality, it, it it sometimes works out different. You know, we'll not always uh, say that if you have a good team, you know, you you also have good results. That's not the case. You know, it's it's, it's di- different things, different things which which uh, wasn't good in the team at the time. Mm. Um, you know, obviously, the confidence was not too high uh, because we were fighting against relegation. And uh, um, I think a lot of uh, players uh, also um, couldn't handle the way um, Paul Storick um, handled some situations, some kind of situations. Mm-hmm. And thank he learned under Jim McLean. So that's probably why he was the exactly. way he was. Exactly, he was quite hard as well. He was he was fair. He was fair, but you know, some 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 players uh, had problems with uh, with that kind of approach. Mm. Yeah, yeah. How much of a relief was it just when we just survived really that season? 
Oh, it was a big relief. It was a big relief because, uh, you know, <laughs> the worst scenario, uh, you know, is always if, 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 if you get relegated, you know, to play against relegation is, you know, it's, it's, it's not a nice thing anyway. But um, to get relegated, you know, that's that's probably the the, the worst thing what mm. which would happen in your career. Yeah, yeah. And, and, so was, and obviously, you you left that season. At, w- at what point did you know it, it was happening? Was it your decision? Was well, it the clubs? Actually, um, when uh, Paul Sturrock uh, dropped me for the game against Dundee, um, you know, I, I think it was unfair. Um, I think he dropped me for no reason. Um, yeah, we, we lost against, uh, I think it was Dunfermline away, 2-1. And I didn't play bad. I didn't really, I really didn't play bad. Uh, uh, Paul never gave me an explanation after that game. He just he just called his, uh, his, his first 11 before the Dundee game. And that was it. And that's why I was I, I went I, I went so angry because if he would have come to me and he would have explained the situation, see, listen, uh, I switch for Alan because this of this because tactical way. Okay, I understand and and, and I, I will accept it. But mm-hmm. he never he never explained to me why and he just dropped me. Mm. And that's why I, I was so angry because I'm a sportsman and you know and 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 if if some someone does. Something wrong to me, which I don't, which I doesn't deserve. Then, you know, I can get really angry. So that's why I bought, I took the car and I went home, which wasn't a good thing of, of me at the time. But that was just a impulsive reaction of me at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you know from then on it was it was maybe the end for you at the club? Uh, well, afterwards we had a good we had a good conversation and. Uh, uh, the whole thing, uh, the whole thing was resolved. Um, uh, you know, we both uh, good sportsmen. Uh, we know uh, that such thing happened in football, um, and I didn't, I didn't grudge him uh, for the reminder of the season for that. We just had a good talk uh, with each other, and that was it. Mm. But actually, the main reason why I left, uh, I left Scotland because. Uh, we had uh, our daughter who was three years old and uh, my wife, she wanted to go back to Holland. Um, that was one of the main reasons why we left. You didn't play the couple of last couple of games of the season, but you got quite a nice touch the last game against Celtic when you come on for a bit of a cameo because and although the, we weren't up all night thinking of your song, the fans love to sing the Seab, Seab, Seab chant to you. Was that quite a nice way to sign off things? Well, I was quite flattered. Not only the United fans were singing for me, but also the Celtic fans. Uh, even yeah. even in the warm up, they were singing for me. The Celtic fans because it's it's actually funny because I always had a good relation also with the with the Celtic fans, and for 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 one or another reason, uh, they liked me. Uh, even when I came on, you know, uh, when I was warming up, they they were all chanting, "Bring on the porn star!" Remember? That? <laughs> yes, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a wee, and I had a wee, uh, uh, we 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 uh, funny thing with them, you know. Yeah, uh, I can remember that. I remember really, catching the, that as well. Yeah, there was a wee yeah. hip movement going on. And 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 they and they really appreciated uh, the Celtic fans, <laughs> which was which was a nice thing, you know, to uh, 
to 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 finish off my last game in Scotland. <laughs> with uh, with that in mind, then can you talk us through the porn star look? Well, I just had a, you know, it was just just my look, you know, dark black, long hair, and a penciled moustache. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, you know, the, the, the actors, which was famous in that time, you know, <laughs> were... <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> um, so you went back to Holland. What 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 have you been up to since leaving Tanadice and, and to what you're up to these days? Now, um, I, I've been a um, <clears throat> goalkeeping coach at the Fortuna Center. Uh, we are play uh, we are playing uh, Eredivisie, highest league in, the, in, the, in Holland. Um, I've been a goalkeeper for four years now. I did also the youth academy for Fortuna Setart. Um, I I'm running a goalkeeper school now for about 13 years, and uh, well, it's 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 good fun. It's good fun to teach uh, young goalkeepers uh, my ex- to bring over my experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming you tell them not to leave anything in front of you when you're claiming a cross. <laughs> exactly. That, that that's the first priority. <laughs> how how do you think you would have been suited in for football these days, Seb, given that goalkeepers the ball's at their feet a lot more than it's in their hands? Yeah, in, in Holland uh they um I mean they sometimes they over exaggerated in Holland, you know. Of, of of course, you know, you need to be good on the ball. But um, in Holland, uh, they are looking for goalkeepers who are who, who can play outfield. You know, uh, mm. I mean, at the end of the day, it 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 it, uh, it all comes to you know saving the ball or catching Correct. the ball. Yeah, of course, Correct. you need to be good with your feet. But um, sometimes in 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 countries like Holland, for example, or Belgium, you know, it's it's a bit uh, over-exaggerated. Mm. Yeah, and. Um, is there a story you've to, you can tell us about you smuggling your cats? Oh my yeah. god! Yes, international cat smuggler. What's going international on there? International cats. I was actually Scottish <laughs> cats, eh? I was actually Scottish cats. I bought them in uh, I bought them in Glasgow, mm-hmm. and um, they were actually kittens. And uh, yeah, we couldn't leave them uh, for six weeks in, uh, in in Scotland, so we brought them back to Holland. And everything when we came back, everything went well. Uh, we we got them on the on the boat in the car, but the mistake was when we went for petrol in Hull. Then we let the cat loose in the car, <laughs> and then somebody saw it and registered my number. Oh. So at three o'clock at night, that same night at three o'clock, the police came knocking on the door, looking for your cats. So I had to, uh, I had to uh, give them the cats. <laughs> I think, it, I think it's fair to say there's not many other football players in the world that will have a similar story to that one, Steve. I don't that, think so. That no. is brilliant. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but, but it was a good story. It's <laughs> oh. a great story. Uh, listen, Steve. Before we let you go and get your dinner, uh, how do you sum up your two and a half years at United? I think it was one of the best times of my career, uh, together with the, obviously the the three years I had at Motherwell. Um, um, now, as I said before, the, the, my time at uh, at QPR was a bit frustrating, um, but uh, definitely, you know, the the time in Scotland, you know, was the highlight of my career for uh, sure. 
Do you, do you watch much of the football? Do you keep up to date with United and Motherwell these days? Yeah, I keep up. I keep up to date with Motherwell and United, and uh, I still follow them. I, I still follow them. Uh, you know, the fans uh, will be always in my heart. You know, the Motherwell fans, the Dundee United fans. Mm. You know, because they were they were so great to me, and you know, I really appreciate that. Yeah, and the fact I mean, the fans, especially at United. You know, we'd never had a porn star playing for us. <laughs> no, exactly. Not that we know of. I didn't have a, a, a successor. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's one of them that, you know, when you mentioned. That, the... that was a bit of a disappointment, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like I say, the, the fans loved you, especially for a chant like that that we didn't need to be up all night to write. But it was just great when you used to come on and, and get that as well. And I suppose it kind of, well, rather that than get called something else for the fans, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, I had I had a great bond with the fans, and uh, that's why they uh, that that that's that's why they also appreciated me because I always uh, took time out for the fans, uh, no matter what. You know, I had always time for the fans, and uh, you know, even uh, every game I threw my gloves uh, in the in the stand, and uh, you know, my last game, uh, I you know, my shirt, I I think I went off uh, to, uh, off the pitch in my only in my knickers. <laughs> <laughs> as, as long as they were yours boots <laughs> gloves as long as they were yours that's a sure. uh, Steve, everything was ripped off me Steve listen <laughs> thanks very much for giving up some time to, to talk to us uh, uh, no problem it was, was a joy well thank you very much to Seeb 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 uh, we can only apologise bring on the porn star <laughs> exactly bring him on uh, we only apologise for the length of time that we got with him. Uh, like normally, people are like, "Yeah, you just speak to me as long as you want." But he was actually his daughter was marking his tea, so uh, well, we're on the clock, and we got about forty, forty-five minutes for him. But it was great speaking to him. Uh, he was up to speak about anything. He's no rocking the tash these days. He's got a goatee. He's a wee bit, a wee bit heavier than than he was when he wore the United top. Aren't we all still clearing boys out? Still wiping boys out. There was a, a, I think in the background, Magnus Goldmark was was hanging up in, in his house, just with a bandage around his head. Uh, nah, he was he was good fun though. He was a good laugh. And thank you also to uh, Stephen Anderson, uh, a good Dundee lad, United fan. He's the best fiery in Paisley these days. Uh, it was him that set the contact up between us and Seab, because uh, I'm pretty sure months ago you got in touch with him or tried to get in ah. touch with Mister Dykstra. And he completely rubbered with a wee bit of like, uh, just to veer off subject a bit, a wee bit of like Safranco. As much as we we love him and want him to come back, we sent him a wee message to see if he wants to speak rubber. to a couple of dafties on a podcast. Rubber. And uh, uh, I don't know what the Slovakian for rubber does, but that's, <laughs> that's what we were. <laughs> Absolutely blew it. Yeah. yeah. But thank you, Asib. Definitely. Uh, right, let's move on. On this day, it's a bit of a short one. Association with the Arab Archive, preserving the history of Dundee United Football Club since 20, uh, 2006. Uh, only one match and one birthday to tell you about. Shite day. We've never signed a player on this date, apparently. But are we undefeated? We are in the game I'm about to tell you oh, about. Perfect. I'll do. <laughs> I'll do. Uh, 1991. Tanadice Park. Five and a half thousand there as we took on Dunfermline. Uh, let's. Re- I'm going to read you the team mm-hmm. for this for this game. Right, nine one. Alan Main, hero. Freddie Vanderhorn, mm-hmm. Gary Boland, some boy called Dave Neri, Morris Malpass, 
Andy McClurn, Billy McKinley, Dave Bowman, John Clark, Duncan Ferguson, Hamish French, and on the bench, Mixu Patlinen and Paddy Connolly. It's a good team. Pumped them. Dave Bowman, Freddie van der Hoorn, and Duncan Ferguson with the goals uh, to get us a 3-0 win in the Premier Division. Uh, what I liked about that season was the strip. It was the Buckta Belhaven number mm-hmm. with an affy big collar and the wee button. That's correct. And yeah. I think that strip, if, correct me if I'm wrong, had the badge sort of in it. All the way through it. Yeah. 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 It was a really nice kit that. Yeah, it was tidy. Gave you terrible nipple rash though, but we'll, well move you on. Mean Vaseline, you know. I mean, even Guido's there rocking that, that tash on the bench. But yeah, I just wanted to uh, mention that strip because it was a really... Uh, nice. It's no, as, it's no as nice as the concept strip that we'll mention before we go, right? Because if Paul can look those details up, and then we'll just give it a mention uh, because it's pretty cool. Uh, so we beat them three 0 The birthday boy uh, was a right back, played under uh, Jim McLean. Fifty-two appearances, six goals uh, in his time. He was uh, an S form. Uh, probably signed a. 40-year contract it was, played regularly <laughs> in the reserves. Uh, he was voted the Young Player of the Year, the SPFA Awards, in 1979. And uh, rumours, his talent attracted us from south of the border, and rumours of a move were confirmed. Uh, West Ham United bought him for £400,000 at the end of uh, 1979. Ray Stewart. Ray Stewart, happy Ray Stewart. 61st birthday. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the, the money that we, we got for Ray... Uh, was used to buy the 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 enclosure for the what I know as the Seggy, where the George Fox is now. But we put a roof on that on the back of that transfer fee. Part of the fee received was reinvested in the construction of the covering for the North Terracing. <laughs> there you go, completely unscripted. Uh, I, I do remember that yeah, only because my old man tells us. He, he was there. He built it. He 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 built it. He sell him. <laughs> he taught him how to play football, and then he built the bloody terrace. So uh, that was uh, that was a very short on this day. But as always, a thanks to the Arab Archive for such a fantastic resource. Uh, it's not. To anyone can go on it there's nothing special that we get from them or anything like that get yourself on uh, they're doing a, there's a really nice haul of kits on there mm-hmm. there's a lot of players now who've got their international stuff on so it's really a brilliant resource and it's uh, some people get lost in a Wikipedia hole now and again I tend to get lost doing an Arab Archive one yep yep me too what they've started doing is you know how you go on uh, and I'm not having a dig boys uh, and you know how sometimes you get a guess who there's like a player appears mm-hmm. the last four times I've been on it's been a trialist that never played a game <laughs> <laughs> well that's, that's that's a bit sneaky I'm pretty sure there was a Gustavo Fuentes appeared one day yeah I think, I think uh, you run a while with somebody's jacket but anyway <laughs> uh, right I mentioned kits we need to mention this because I meant to mention this earlier on um Mm-hmm. Tell me about it Right, it's, uh, it was from Instagram And it's uh, Shed Rule Kits Was the account So it's Shed underscore Rule Underscore Kits And uh, they've come up with the, the 89 slash 91 ASICS concept kit And it looks phenomenally beautiful And it's sponsored by the Dode Fox podcast It's also made by Macron But it's still got the wee uh, ASICS things At the top of the shoulders it just looks amazing. I, I showed my young lad it the other day and uh, he told me I hate Birmingham, so <laughs> we're, we're trying to figure that out right now. But if I can buy one, I'll be banned too because I'll be buying it as well. It's absolutely beautiful. I think we put it in our Instagram story as well. Yeah. Uh, 
Ah, it's just fantastic. So if uh, if we sell enough t-shirts, ladies and gentlemen, then one day we might sponsor the club and we will demand that that is the strip. Fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed indeed. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll maybe, you might have seen this, we might have put a post up about it the day, uh, as you've seen it Sunday as we record this, but uh, thank you very much to to them over there, to the guys over there who have put that together. I know they've done a lot of them, but when he asked, can he use our logo? We're like, yeah, it could be pretty cool and it's it's a, a, an half a cool uh, strip. Brilliant. So uh, thank you very much to them. Uh, that is it for episode 63, a trip to Ibrox next week. Uh, how do you think we'll go? on let us know on social media we are at toad fox podcast have a great week and do remember wash your hands and your asshole